thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. All right, what's good, everybody? It's your boy Jay, of course, here with Unfair Sports. We got a special guest today. We got my guy Coos from Coos's Corner. We're going to talk about the Oklahoma-West Virginia game this weekend. So we're giving you guys a special preview episode on the podcast as well as here on the YouTube channel. So please, thank you for joining us. Hit that like button if you need the chance to subscribe. And if you're listening, rate, review, give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it. Just give us five anyway and gift it. And so, Coos, let the people know where they can find you and uh, tell everybody hi. Yeah, what's up, everybody? And, Jay, thank you for having me on again, man. It's always a pleasure to uh, to sit down and chop it up about college football. But uh, you can yeah. find me on YouTube at Coos's Corner. It's a C-O-U-Z apostrophe S, Corner. Uh, find me on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Coos206. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can find me wherever you uh, wherever you feel froggy. But exactly. and, oh, and I and I have a website too. I, I forget to plug that sometimes, but I have a website, Coos'sCorner.com, and I have a basketball right. channel called Hoops from the Hills. Okay, all right, yeah, Coos, you're doing it all, and basketball season's starting up. Yes, sir. Um, no things are getting interesting there, but let's talk ball. Let's talk some football, college let's do football. It. it has been a season. Uh, we're wrapping things up. Basically, three weeks left in uh, the season itself. Preparations going towards conference championship games. And I'm going to be honest, Coos, we talked about this before the season started. And we're talking now. This ain't what either one of us thought was going to happen for your, your Mountaineers. No. Talk to me, man. What, no. what about this team looks different than what we anticipated going into the season? You got a bunch of guys that have rallied around their coach. Uh, you got a bunch of guys who have rallied, you know, around each other. They have taken, you know, they were picked dead last in the conference by most preseason prognosticators, mm-hmm. including their own conference media. And they did not take kindly to that. And uh, they felt very disrespected by it, especially considering we have four new teams coming in the conference who were a group of five teams a year ago. And they all thought we were going to be worse than even them. And they took it personal. And they've made that their their rallying cry, so to speak. And – it's been a chip on their shoulder the entire season, and, man, it's it's been a good one. And, uh, you know, you just got a bunch of guys who are playing hard for their coach and for each other. And, you know, so here we are, six and three, one game out from, you know, being in first place for the conference title with a, with an outside chance, you know, obviously to get there. Um, yeah, I mean, most people never, never gave us a chance to even get to a bowl game, much less where we are now at six and three. No, that's a fair point. It, it's – you would you need some Big 12 chaos, which I anticipate is going to be chaos at the top. I don't expect it to stay the way it is. So if chaos does ensue, there's a good chance for you all to uh, make a surprise push in the back end. But going six and three to start four and two in conference. No, that is. I mean, I guess the team that honestly ended up being the the massive disappointment is, is Baylor so far because they're right. right in the middle of all of the new members of the conference with Houston, BYU, UCF, and Cincinnati, they're dead smack in the middle at the bottom of the barrel. Right. And you're right. People people were quite disrespectful to West Virginia. I had you guys higher than that. I think the team that I thought was going to be the worst in the conference of the ones returning to the Big 12, the, the old heads mm-hmm. in the conference, honestly, I thought it was going to be Iowa State. And shoot, yeah, me, they're me shocking too. us too. Yeah, I did too. I picked them to finish, <laughs> I think. 12th or 13th in the league, man. 
Yeah, with, with everything they had going on, it makes sense. But I guess mm-hmm. Matt Campbell is back to proving that he is um, a lot better coach than uh, we want to give him credit yeah, for. He, but speaking he, of coaches, yep. Neil, Neil Brown was the conversation of being fired this year. I mean, how is the conversations now there in the world of West Virginia? We'll talk a little bit about Matt Campbell as well. Well, we, I mean, I, we, we pretty much – the sentiment is – and, you know, it's, it's still mixed because – there's still a lot of people because of the last four years that are uh, reluctant to say, yeah, we need to keep him. Uh, but then you've got the other side who are like, yeah, we've got to keep him because he's shown improvement. You know, the team looks much better. Like you and I were talking off air, the eye test, they're passing the eye test. And then, but majority of fans are like, look, he's good now. We're six and three. If he can finish this season out on a positive note, then yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's ride with him another year. We have a lot of young talent on this team, you know, mm-hmm. We have a lot of true freshmen, even that are that are playing for us this year and and make playing big roles for us. So, majority of the fan base, I think, uh, is at the point now where they're like, okay, we need to see this thing through with him now that he's shown that he can change and that he can improve. Yeah, that's a good thing. Is he's he's get the opportunity's been given to him and he's starting to show that. And I noticed like with your passing game right now, we'll talk about Garrett Green, which he was he gave us hell last season while we was out mm-hmm. there with you all in a quote unquote man, monsoon slash snowstorm slash mm-hmm. ice storm slash gross storm when we played. And this season it appears that uh I mean he's taking the reins and he's trying to do it. Give me talk to me about that offense. What what does it look yeah. like for you all? And we can kind of compare that with our D. Yeah, we uh, West Virginia runs the ball. I mean, we're, they run the ball about sixty percent of the time, a little over sixty percent actually. So they they're going to run the football. That's their number one goal. They want to run the ball. That includes Garrett with some with some QB run game. Uh, as you saw last year, he's very good at that. Um, but what's been great about this offense this year, and it's really is the passing game. Our passing game has been even better than anticipated. Yes. Garrett has shown that he can throw the ball. Now he's not. He's not the most accurate quarterback out there. He, he's completing just over 50% of his passes. Mm-hmm. But but he's really good on the deep balls, and uh, and he's he throws a cannon. He, he's got a rocket arm. But, uh, you know, if he, if he can just get a little bit more accurate on the shorter, short and intermediate stuff, uh, he, he's going to be really dangerous. So, but, but the run game is going to be our bread and butter. No, and I noticed that you guys are pretty balanced too. I mean, you're at about 200 – passing about 211 rushing so with over 400 yards per game you guys are are keeping it super balanced across the board but at the same time you all make the game slow like it's like you Mm -hmm. you grind it down it's obviously being successful you're six and three so for garrett it it appears that The, the the thing that Oklahoma's going to have to do is make that man throw the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. And and that's not something he does a lot of. Like you said, I mean, he's completing about 53% of his passes, which isn't bad. Um, you know, he he's still learning. He's still young, which is a good thing. You know, him taking over the job from uh, JT Daniels uh, last year mm-hmm. was uh, – I, when I saw that, I was like, man, I, I really hope he doesn't play against Oklahoma. And sure enough, he played against us and went out there and was <laughs> scrambling all over the darn place. But <laughs> – he he's he's showing some improvements each week and last week last week against BYU man yeah y'all just dominated them my mm. goodness like it's just just pure dominance talk to me about that line I know that there's a if I'm correct there's a couple of guys on there that's that that we're talking NFL for on that offensive line 
Yeah, Zach Frazier number is where it starts. He's our All-American center. Um, probably going to be a second to anywhere from second to fourth round draft pick is kind of what, depending on what you, you know, which service you read, which draft mm-hmm. expert you read, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he's he's where it all starts. You know, he's one of the only centers in the league you'll see that will pull on a play. Uh, you know how often you see a center pull? That's well, true. Zach Frazier will pull. Uh, he does a good job of getting to the second level, but but then you also we have uh, two tackles that are really really good too. Uh, one of which will probably definitely play on Sundays, and that's Wyatt Milam. He's our left tackle. He's a junior. Uh, he's been he's I think he's our highest graded offensive lineman this year as far as Pro Football Focus goes. And then our right tackle Doug Nestor has missed the last game and a half or so with an injury. We're not sure if he'll be back yet or not. We expect him to be. Uh, but he's it's kind of probably going to be a game time decision, or Coach Brown may just not want to tell us who it's going to be. But even <laughs> with that, uh, Nick Malone, his backup, has actually done a really good job stepping in. But but in a game like you know, in, with a team like Oklahoma, who's got the talent that, that you guys have, we're going to need those guys to be at full strength if, if at all possible. And, and our guards are okay too. Tomas Remack and uh, Brandon Yates, they're not too shabby. But really, those three guys that I mentioned are the ones that really lead that offensive line. Yeah, no, I, now you're right. And then in the run game, you got what CJ Donaldson as mm-hmm. well as with Jaheim White. Tell right. me about Jaheim. He he's yeah. starting to uh, to to blossom. It looks like he is. I mean, we we a lot a lot of us on in the fan base kind of saw this coming. Uh, we if you watch the spring game, he just blew. He he jumped off the screen at you, man. Uh, he he looks explosive. He's shifty. Can make mm-hmm. people miss, and he's and he's small too. So he's got that low center of gravity. Kind of like Deuce Vaughn. I'm not gonna say he's yep, as good as Deuce Vaughn, but he's but he's <laughs> right. built like he's he's kind of got that same running style. Um, kind of reminds you him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yep. Obviously, he's got a long way to get there to be Deuce Vaughn, but he's he has that. But he has the ability to be that good. Uh, but he's yeah. The last two weeks, he's really blossomed. Uh, CJ uh, started off the season really good. Kind of had a few games in the middle of the season where he kind of just didn't play up to his expectations. But then he's he's hit over 100 yards the last two weeks. But those two guys, they're t- totally different running styles, so it gives us kind of a thunder and lightning type backfield back there, um, which is a good change of pace for and makes it hard for the defenses. So we're excited about those guys. Yeah, and Jaheim Watch yep. a true freshman, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. It, oh yeah, yeah, he is. And that's what I was looking at him when I when I saw that. I was like, who is this little kid? He's a little small. <laughs> but then I saw, yeah. oh wait, he's a true freshman. Oh okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, five seven, maybe one hundred and ninety two pounds, which is kind of a big size dude for a short guy. Yeah, but he, yeah, he, yeah. He ran for a buck forty six last week against BYU. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I, I'm recognizing that we're gonna have to keep our eyes on because I mean, we know what Deuce Vaughn did to everybody, and mm-hmm. and if this freshman is getting close to being that talented at that size, yeah, he, he's gonna be terrifying. And I pulled it up, and on um, PFF, he's the highest graded offensive player for y'all right now over the last eight games. Yep. Him and Green, Green is actually grading very well. He's like he just gotta, he's just gotta get more accurate. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say his consistency is what he needs to do. Right, and, you know. Yeah, at, at a junior, I think you'll get there. Yeah, he doesn't. Garrett, everything he throws is hundred miles. He, he doesn't throw a changeup, is the way Coach Brown describes it. Everything's a fastball <laughs> for him. Like, so if he needs to put touch on a ball, he he has a tendency to overthrow those because he just doesn't put the right touch on it. Makes sense. Um, but he'll get there, you know. But but now something down, something twenty, thirty yards downfield or more, he's usually money. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, let's look at that defense though, because I know that for us, for Oklahoma. On the defensive side of the ball, it, it appears that we may get Stutzman back, so we may have our our quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. But are you, we've been playing a ton of mm-hmm. young guys on defense, and so 
getting into those gaps and hopefully slowing down that run game is going to be the key thing for us. Yeah. Make Garrett G- Green beat us with the fastball, yep. like you said. Make him throw the ball a lot. That's something we're going to have to that's work on. That's what Houston but, did. Yeah, yeah, that's now, true. Now, I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, which we, we, honestly, we still should have won the game. We still scored over 40 points. So we answered the bell. But Houston's defense mm-hmm. is not as good as you guys. So that's not a you know, great comparison. But uh, but Houston did try it, and we were able to. We did have some success at it. But again, Houston's not. Houston's defensive secondary is nowhere near as talented as yours. So, yeah, right now, exactly. Yeah, and, and it looks like we're gonna get Gentry Williams back. Um, he's appearing. He's gonna play. So is Billy Bowman, Reggie Pierce. So we, we've got a lot of our veteran presence in the secondary gonna play. So that's gonna help because last week in Oklahoma State we played a lot of uh, red shirt and true freshmen. And mm-hmm. of course, they're the easiest ones to bait into making mistakes because I mean they're they don't have the experience to recognize when a bait's coming. But I'm looking at you all defensively, man. Um, Lawton was that uh, Zakai Lawton? He's one. He's he's he. I think he played just a little bit the other day. But Beanie yeah. Bishop, talk to me about him in the secondary. He's one of y'all's highest graded. Yeah, Beanie Bishop right now. He's uh. He'll make your he'll make a West Virginia fan's eyes light up, man. He he picked up <laughs> we picked him up out of the transfer portal. He's a grad transfer from Minnesota. Oh, uh, and he okay. is he's absolutely been he leads the country in pass breakups and passes defended. And I think he's last time I looked, he was top ten in interceptions as well. But he's just he's you know he's a really good corner cover corner out there, man. He's only five ten, but. Uh, but he can stay with guys, and, and and he's really good at making plays on the ball as well. So we're excited about him, man. He, he's been a yeah. huge, huge, huge addition for Coach Brown in, out of the portal. Okay. That makes sense. And that's, and that's an argument that I always like to make to a lot of people when it comes to a corner. Just because that they are listed at 5'10 doesn't mean that they're not good, right? Everybody's yeah. like, oh, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, they're too small. They're going to get beat up by big cor- big receivers. Nah. They usually – they're the ones that um, uh, they've been fighting their whole lives. So they they have no problem with going out there and trying to muscle somebody bigger than them yep. because you know they consider the little guy everywhere you know so and, and he and he but, allows us allows them to play some man man to man which they don't t- typically haven't been able to do in the past they can do that with him oh okay yeah yeah he is one of those that can keep up with some of the bigger receivers mm-hmm. and stuff and so for us it's it's going to get vertical we got to get vertical but he's played a lot of football like you mentioned I mean he came from Minnesota he played at Western Kentucky before that and so he's got experience and I know that veteran presence has really helped y'all on the defensive side of the ball because that's kind of where you're seeing the big plus out of West Virginia this season. It is. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's, and he's, he's come in and been a good leader too. Like you mentioned, he's uh, his leadership skills have really helped the younger guys on that defense too. Yeah. And so even from the bounce back from the Penn state game going into the season, I mean, Penn state's top, you know, 10, top 10 in the country right now. You all uh, gave a fight, but since then, it's been just consistent on the defensive side. You guys have been holding people to under 25 points up until you kind of got to the Houston and Oklahoma State game. Felt like those yeah. were probably just the the teeter, but you went back to it defensively against UCF. They're 28, uh, 28 points against them, and then BYU only giving up seven. Now, I have to ask that. Is BYU just that bad, or did y'all just turn up – y'all was able to turn up the heat it, on them more? I think it was a mixture of both. I mean, BYU did have a lot of guys out that game, which, I mean, we did too, you know, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to make excuses for them. But they – but they, had, I mean, their quarterback was out too. Uh, you know, Keaton Slovis was injured. Their uh, top receiver was injured. Um, and I think they might have had a guy or two out on the defensive side of the ball too. But it, it was – I mean, we we were just – we outmanned them on the, in the trenches, man. It was, that was the main thing. We just uh, saying, our, y'all our, seen Slovis before because he was yeah. at Pitt last year, right? Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not all that great, but 
but but he but he's better but he's better than you know they had to play a JUCO transfer who had never taken a snap at the Power Five level, so th- their playbook was limited. May- Makes sense. Makes sense. And so that's that's kind of where you get uh, Benny Bishop, and then you got what Anthony Wilson out there at the safety spot. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the rest of that secondary, even going into the linebacker corp. Who's some players to really keep an eye on for uh, fans watching you all? Well, well, number one, Lee Coba. He's going to be a he's he's plays like plays like a man possessed out there. He's going to wreak a lot of havoc in the backfield at times. He's also good in the run game. He's he's our leading tackler. Uh, you got Aubrey mm-hmm. Burks, number two, is a safety who's has a good chance to play on Sundays in a couple of years. Uh, he, he's, he came into the league or came into the season as the second highest graded safety from last year, according to pro football focus. Uh, he's not graded out quite as high this year, but he, you know, some of that's because he missed some time with injury and it took him a couple of games to get back. Uh, right. But, but he's very talented and he's, he's coming off a 93 grade last week against BYU. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then, uh, our, one of our starting linebackers, Trey Lathan, has actually been out for the year from a seasoning injury, but in his place has been a true freshman named Ben Cutter who had a rough start first couple games, man. But I tell you, the last couple weeks, he's really come on strong for us and had a had a couple really good weeks. And, uh, you know, his future looks bright, but he's also playing good football right now too. So he's number 15, so look out for him as well. He's all over the field. <clears throat> yep, I – Looking at Ben Cutter now, he out here. Uh, Grade-wise, I mean, he's in the 60s overall, and yep. he's pretty consistent across the board. And so, mm-hmm. like I said, as a freshman, that's you, That's the hard position to play, you know. Yep. Espe- especially linebacker. To me, linebacker, strong safety. Those are two spots I don't like a lot of freshmen playing unless they're going to mm-hmm. just be just rushers, right? Rushing right. is easy. You just go get the quarterback or go get the running back in the backfield. Don't think, just go. But if you got them out there having to make decisions and – getting out of their zone or picking the man that they need to follow. Their freshmen are very easy to trick. I mean, you can trick yep. seniors, but at the same time, freshmen, they're still, you know, gaining that experience. And so it's good to see when you can, at, when you can see them starting to pick it up and then, you know, that next season, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to be something special, whatnot, but you all are pretty young. So yeah, there's and that's still why, some youth out there. That that's helps. why we're excited about. And, and we feel like Brown will probably get, get a chance to stay because, you know, he recruited all these young guys. They're performing well. Give him a chance to see what he can do once these guys get to be, you know, sophomores, juniors, seniors. Uh, assuming they all stay, you know, we know what the portal, who knows, right? But, um, but yeah, we feel good about the future here, man, because uh, we have a lot of young talent on this team, Cutter being one of those. Right. And, and the good thing about uh, even with the portal, when you're playing the young guys – that that's the oh okay I'm, I'm gonna be able to play here so i'm probably gonna stick around because this is a right. great chance for me to play today you may start losing some of your veteran presence which you bring in another vet they can come in and try to compete but the young guy's probably the ones that's going to get most of the run so pass rush talk to me about that defensive line i mean you guys got a few guys that uh that uh got some solid grades here who are we looking at in this rush that we need to keep our eyes on especially at the edge yeah, Sean Martin is a defensive end, six five, two ninety, big guy, really long arms, really long. Uh, he can re- he, he's been taking up a lot of double teams uh, the last few weeks, which has allowed Lee Coba and some of these other linebackers to get pressure, even some of our safeties to get pressure. They do like to blitz uh, Marcus Floyd, our safety number twenty four, quite often too. Uh, he's he does a good job, but and then uh, we've we've got a bandit position. Uh, it's kind of a stand up edge position, kind of a quasi outside linebacker spot 
Jared mm-hmm. Bartlett has had a really good year there this year. He's a he's a fifth or sixth year guy. He's he's been in the program a while, but he's having his best season as a Mountaineer. He's he's been getting in the backfield a lot. He doesn't have a lot of sacks, but he but he's getting in the backfield a lot and, and causing quarterbacks to have to, you know, he's getting them out of the pocket, making them have to step up in the pocket or, or rush out of the pocket and you know forcing forcing them to make some some bad decisions at times. So that's been that's been good. And then um our other two starting defensive linemen are Edward Vester Rennan and uh, Mike Lockhart hmm. at the defensive tackle and those tackle spots. And both of those guys are, are having a really solid year too. The cool thing about our defensive front, I like I tell everybody about this because it's very unique. We go ten, we go about nine or ten deep, if not eleven deep, on the defensive front, and with a very little drop off. So it's uh, that's one reason in this game. You know, I know you, I know the Sooners like to play hurry up offense when they can. So. If if Oklahoma was able to get into a rhythm and you guys were able to you know play your hurry up offense, it'll keep some of those linemen on the field longer than they probably want to, and wear right. them down. So that's it's going to be critical for us to, to keep you guys behind the chains. But the good thing is, as you just mentioned, you've got that competitive depth to where you mm-hmm. you, you can rotate guys. The moment that we need to rotate, you're immediately going right. to refresh, right? And they can still play at a high level. That that's yeah. really the the best counter to a tempo offense. Is having a second layer that that too deep mm-hmm. that can actually play as good as the, the as the starters, yeah. and it, if you don't have a drop off, that's kind of the goal of the tempo yeah. is you get them exhausted, starters exhausted, bring in the next the next unit, and then you just exploit the hell out of them. Yeah, and that's tough whenever you got like you mentioned enough players that that are playing at a high level. You're not going to be able to get past yeah. that. That that's that 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 helps battle it against that tempo. Like mm-hmm. I remember when uh, OU played against Clemson in the playoffs playing against Brent Venables back in the day. And that was one of the things they did. They just started wearing out the line, just weighing on them and weighing on them. And because we couldn't go another level deep mm-hmm. second half, it was over. Yeah. <laughs> they just started just punching them in the mouth right. and gone. And so having that helps. It does. Now on the flip side of that, our, our, we're not deep at linebacker and we're not deep in the secondary. So those guys may get worn down, but you know, those guys being a little bit smaller, you know, uh, probably not don't get worn down quite as bad. But uh, but I, I kind of feel like that happened a little bit in the Oklahoma State game. I mean, we gave up 150 yards rushing in the fourth quarter to Ollie Gordon uh, and 28 Well, points. I don't know, man. That's yeah. Ollie Gordon, though. At this point, we're all recognizing that dude's a dude. <laughs> he is. He is a dude. And we, and we didn't know that yet because I think we were the first team he'd done that against. But yes. Since then, he's he's went on a tear, but uh, but no, we we missed a lot. I mean, even though he look, he's great. We know that he's he's a dude, but we all, our, our guys also missed a lot of tackles, um, and it looked like they just got worn down. But I don't know. Look, again, I don't know if that was a reason or if it was just poor execution. But um, if you can get in that say, if your guys can get in that second and third level, and late in the game, you might have a chance to break a big one. Yeah, that's true. That's true, and we're starting to get our run game now better our mm-hmm. young running backs are getting healthier and the confidence seems to be coming back i mean Salchuk had over 100 yards in the last game and tyby walker who now is mm-hmm. ankle is getting better i mean he had a 23 yard run to start the game you know to only just hand off first run boom he's gone yeah and so for us attrition has been kicking our tail we have not been healthy the last three weeks um we we, we did not come out of that texas game unscathed that uh uh, Red River and some of our guys, we're starting to get back to we're not as thin as we were. And I think that's going to be helpful, especially in this game. As I mentioned, I know that you all 
pretty pretty your run game is pretty high powered. Those mm-hmm. two backs, Donaldson White, it's gonna be something that we've got to slow down and we gotta force Green to beat us. Gotta let that dude throw that fastball. And hopefully mm-hmm. our corners can bait him into something. So that's gonna be yeah. critical. But uh but as you mentioned on your defensive side, if we can get into that second level, uh, we may be able to wear down those linebackers and safeties because mm-hmm. right now you're just thin. But when you guys get healthier going down, it should be fine. So let's talk about the, as the season wraps up. You got us this weekend, of course. But then Cincinnati comes out there and you travel to Baylor to wrap the season. How do you mm-hmm. feel about going into those last two games of the season for your Mountaineers? Well, I mean, I mean, look at those games on paper. Um, you know, after, after after the game with you guys, I mean, we we theoretically should win both of those games. I mean, Baylor is struggling right now. Uh, home and away. Actually. I mean, being at home is not even helping them a lot, to be honest with you. They're just they don't they're bad. And I eat it from my better friends, but they are struggling. And then uh, and nobody saw that coming, right? Mm-hmm. Not to that de- not to that degree, anyway. Yeah, I thought Aranda was going to be able to, you mm-hmm. know, keep that that bad boy going after winning the Big Twelve. And yeah, yeah, it's been getting worse and worse every year. Yeah, and then with Cincinnati, they have. I predicted Cincinnati to be the worst team in the conference this year, and so far, that seems to be holding true. So, um, you know, I, I these I had a feeling these guys weren't going to be able to come in the league in year one and compete at a high level. It's a huge mm-hmm. adjustment when you have to play power five teams week in, week out versus group of five teams. And I think they're realizing that now. Plus they had a new coach, you know, a lot of changes there at Cincinnati. So, and, and that game's at home, it's on senior night. So, or senior day, depending on when the game is, <laughs> but, uh, hey, yeah, how the big 12 want to do us, but, right? <laughs> but, but they should be, but yeah, exactly. But they should be, uh, you know, the guy should be up for that game. And, uh, so I, I feel really good about them. So we should, you know, at least get to eight wins. Uh, if not, you know, and, that's, and if we can pull off an upset over you guys, it'd be nine wins. That'd be a huge, huge feather in the cap for Neil Brown for sure. Heck yeah! That, and, at, and at that point, it's uh the, the conversation about letting the man go. Like you mentioned, you, you kind of got to talk about. All right, we're going to give him another year or two, especially with the mm-hmm. young players. Let's keep this going, especially with the Big Twelve changing, yep. new teams coming in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a. The, it's for me to me, it's going to be very much wide open, especially should be with everything. It, it, so you, there's a good chance you all can go in there and try to run that bad boy from the West or whatnot. Um, last thing really, you know, and I, and I, and I brought you on, you know, of course talking this game, but you have been the most vocal about the horrendousness of the big 12 refs, man. <laughs> Talk to me about that dog. <laughs> this oh cracks me up, but you're so, but you're so spot on. It's like, try to tell y'all, man, even though yeah, they hate it, Oklahoma and Texas, but they, yeah, Coos we, will tell you. It's yeah, been we, bad. we, we had some, uh, it was funny. We had BYU fan or no OC. No, it was UC, I was at the UCF game. I went to Orlando to watch the UCF game a couple weeks ago. Okay. And uh, made, made a mini vacation out of it. But there were some people, UCF fans sitting behind us, and they were complaining about the officiating and, you know, which it, it was it was, it was was bad. They had made, made some bad calls, and it went both ways. You know, we, we were – some of them went our way, and, uh, man, they were they were like, man, these are terrible. And this guy turned to get the West Virginia famous assignment turned around and said, welcome to Big 12 officiating. And I'm like – Boy, is that the truth? But I mean, the BYU <laughs> game last week, man. Oh my God, it was it was it was awful. Uh, they were calling ticky tack everything. You couldn't touch you couldn't touch a receiver without it getting called pass interference. Um, I mean, just they yeah, were calling everything. It was, Jesus. Yeah, and we were the two, and we were the we were two of the least penalized teams in the in the conference coming in that game. Right. And I mean, it just—they were whistle happy, man, and and they were throwing flags like they one play. We completed a pass downfield. We're going up to the line to snap the ball, 
10 seconds had ticked off the game, the, the play clock, they blow the whistle and throw a flag over a penalty that occurred on the previous play. I mean, and then it took them about five minutes to review it to make sure they spotted the ball at the right yard line. I mean, it, it was it, – dude, it was awful. And, of course, I know the controversy that happened. I didn't get to see the game because I was I was traveling. I went to the game in Morgantown, and I was traveling and everything. But <clears throat> what the heck happened to you guys, man, as far as that <sighs> P.I. call or whatever? It was two of them. It was the two P.I.s. It was not only the Drake Stoop ones in the end zone where everybody's trying to justify and say, oh, you stepped out of bounds. I was like, but you noticed that he was starting to be pulled before he even got to – the back of the end zone and then got pulled down. Mm-hmm. They didn't call. But then the 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 pass interference on their drive when they scored at the end where the corner is shadowing the receiver and Owens is a big boy. He's a mm-hmm. big – I mean, I think he's listed at like 6'2", two, 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 I swear he's like 6'5", 260. And he's just a monster. He's a gigantic human being. He, he just looks it. But he grabs the corner and throws him in his way and then topples over him and they gave him the call and it's like – but the, the corner wasn't in his lane. I get you call it if the corner cuts off his lane of traffic, mm-hmm. but if you see the hand grab him and push him that direction, that usually means the offensive guy threw him in the way on right. purpose because they can get the call. Right. It's like they don't have the refer- enough referees or they got them in the wrong spots where they can't even see where the play yeah. is happening at. That's what's killed me because the Drake Stoops one, that one, someone um, I saw on Twitter kind of broke it down and was like, the the the, the back judge was behind the goalpost uh, on the opposite side of the goalpost, and the other guy that was supposed to be watching him was running up, and none of them was there with a good enough vision to see what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. that's inexcusable. You're at the oh, end yeah. zone. We're close to the end zone. You should have guys. So, uh, did they take a ref off the field that I didn't know about? Yeah, Jace, <laughs> it's bad, man. I, I don't understand in college football, with these conferences making hundreds of millions of dollars, can they not afford to hire full-time officials? It's baffling to me that these officials aren't full-time. And there's, you know, these, these are part-timers. No, yeah, they're all part-time, just like in the NFL. And it's what it is is that, Honestly, they fight back. The refs association doesn't want to be listed as full time, but I'm just like, but y'all got to have somebody full time to be able to help with this well, because this doesn't make any sense. If this you want to fight good. back, then you need to train your people better because they're pathetic. right. Yeah, they're bad. I mean, Jay, I can name calls. You know, I can name I can name multiple games over the years we've lost. I'm not going to say we lost them because of the penalties, mm-hmm. but it sure but, as heck kept us from winning them. You know what I mean? Fair. From having a chance to win them at the end. Oh, no. uh, Agreed. Multiple. One was against you guys. We've had one. We had. We've had a couple bad calls at, against TCU. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we yeah. had our quarterback get his helmet ripped off in front of an official. And they didn't call anything. I didn't see nothing. Nothing. Right in front of the. Matter of fact, the guy got our quarterback. He got concussed on the whistle several years ago. We're still pissed about it. He got concussed on the play and ended up having to retire by the end of the year because of his concussions. And the official never called it. And it was a really tight game, too. It would have been a huge call. Uh, playing you guys a few years ago, we had a guy get flagged for blocking out of bounds. When have you ever heard that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I saw that. I saw it was, that. It was uh, that 59-56 game. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you guys. what? Yeah. 
Like, and I don't yeah, know if we won the game, but we were driving, we were driving deep into your all's territory when that happened, and it knocked us out of getting a touchdown. So I mean, yep. it just, just, and that's just two examples. There's more, but uh, you know, David Seals got his jersey grabbed in the end zone one time on a, on a, uh, I don't even remember who we were playing in that one, but it just, it's happened so many times, man. I I can't even, but it, but again, we've also benefited from a few too. I mean, it goes Fair. both ways. They're they're just bad. They're just, they're just terrible. They're just overall terrible. That That's yeah. exactly what we're seeing. And it feels like it's the Big 12 is the worst one in, in college football. I think you go Big 12, ACC, and then everybody else, yeah. it seems like. They seem like to be the two worst when it comes to that. Well, Coos, thank you so much for pulling up. Let the people know where to find you. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Jay, thanks again, man. This has been a lot of fun. Always, uh, It's always fun to come on here and, and onto uh, – Sooner or later, sports here. But find me on YouTube at Coos's Corner, uh, where I cover West Virginia, the Big 12, a lot of conference realignment stuff. Uh, find me on Hoops from the Hills, where I cover college basketball. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Coos206. Uh, if you want to interact with me there, that's a lot of fun. And check me, check out my website, Coos'sCorner.com. Yeah, check out the website. That's the one thing that Coos needs to make sure he uh, plugs better. But uh, Yeah, I do, man. I don't plug it at all, hardly, to be honest. <laughs> That's why, it's not, that's why I'm not making any money at it, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's a fair point. We, we got to get you better on that one. But, Coos, again, thanks a bunch. We appreciate it, my man. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk probably after the game. Absolutely, man. Thank you.